It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, let's get it. Locked on LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, CFT, and right here for the Locked on LSU podcast. Tigers in the win column. They beat McNeese 34-7 to Saturday in Tiger Stadium. We will go through what we liked, what we didn't like on both sides of the ball as we put to bed this game and look ahead to LSU Central Michigan. Ed Ogeron will meet with the media later today, Monday, to recap the McNeese game and look ahead, previewing what's ahead this week with Central Michigan. But here was Ed after the win Saturday night against McNeese. We won the game. Very pleased with our defensive performance. Uh, not pleased with the last touchdown on the screen. Very pleased with our pass rush. Uh, and I knew we were a good pass rushing team, but you know, obviously we're going to face stiffer opponents down the road. On offense, we couldn't get it going for a while, but we hung in there. We tried to get the run game going outside. We had you know, several offensive linemen that were out, but we had a variety of runs, speed sweeps, tosses, counters outside. We still had some protection problems. Uh, we, we need to look at it, uh, whether it's personnel or whether it's scheme. We need to fix it because uh, people are still going to come after us. But overall, we're pleased with the win. I thought from game one to game two, we made a jump in a lot of areas, and now we need to take this next jump next week in a lot of areas. Okay, so let's just put it this way. If you went into Saturday night thinking that you were going to come away feeling like LSU cured what ailed it against UCLA, that just wasn't going to happen. We talked about it last week, and it's because of the level of competition. Nothing LSU did against McNeese was going to make you feel better about what happened against UCLA. The only potential of this game was that you would either be satisfied or you'd be more concerned because of struggles against McNeese. And I think we came away with one of each, depending on either side of the ball. Let's start with the positive, um, and then we'll get in the second segment maybe to a little bit of what's concerning. The positive was LSU's defense. Against UCLA, they were a disaster. They couldn't cover crossing routes. They couldn't get pressure. The three sacks they had against UCLA really were Dorian Thompson-Robinson running into pass rushers, it was bad against UCLA, and it was an about face against McNeese. It's what you would expect. You heard Ed Ogeron say there that, you know, the screen pass at the end he didn't like. That's true. Without that screen pass, you would have held McNeese under 100 yards of total offense for the game. McNeese was just 3 of 16 on third down, 142 total yards, 50, I'm sorry, 91 passing, 51 yards rushing, just 1.2 yards per carry. And then when you look at LSU's defenders, man, a lot of guys had really nice days. The freshman Mason Smith, three sacks in the game. He was unblockable on the interior. You did not see the communication issues in the secondary that we saw against UCLA. Now, my hope is That's a product of LSU improving their communication and not just the opponent they were playing. But if you go back to the defensive line, how about Andre Anthony with two and a half sacks coming off the edge? As a team, LSU sacked McNeese eight times, had 16 tackles for loss, four passes defended, and three more quarterback hurries. That's what you should do when you are a physically superior team 
to the team that you're playing. Damone Clark had another nice game leading LSU in tackles. We saw Major Burns have a little bit of a bounce back. But LSU was without several key players. There was no Jay Ward. There was no Todd Harris. There was no Ali Gay. No Dwight McLaughlin again. But none of that mattered, and it shouldn't matter when you're playing an FCS school and you fancy yourself as a top-tier SEC and Power 5 school. So that's what we saw defensively from LSU. All in all, a really good day defensively, which is what we expected to happen for LSU against McNeese State. Now you go to Central Michigan and you're going to step up in competition before then going on the road against Mississippi State, and that'll really give you an idea of where you stand in the SEC pecking order because if you didn't notice, Mississippi State pounded a good NC State team, a team that a lot of people thought had a chance to push Clemson in the ACC this year. So we will find out what LSU is, how much they've really improved defensively over the next two weeks as they stair-step up in competition. Offensively, however, that's a different story, and we're going to get to that here in just a second. If you are a college football fanatic, judging by the fact that you're listening to this, you probably are, you need to hear about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks offers every sport that you can think of NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players, Power Five, as well as mid major players you might not have ever heard of. So use the Prize Picks app on the uh, App Store and Google Play. Uh, entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Prize Picks is safe. It offers fast withdrawals, so don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com, prizepicks.com, or go to the App Store, download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Okay, so we started with the defense, which was a positive. Now let's move on to what is the big concern, and that is the LSU offense. The Tigers on the day put up just 306 yards of offense. Uh, it was a 17-0 game at the half. LSU could not run the ball. That is the gigantic concern right now. On a day where you were playing a vastly inferior group FCS school, you ran the ball 36 times for three and a half yards of carry. 36 rushes for 126. It was objectively not good for LSU. We can be fair and say, well, look, LSU was without three starting offensive linemen. Cam Wire, Austin Deculus, Jason Hines, all did not play in this game. You started Xavier Hill at left tackle, Anthony Bradford at right tackle, and Marlon Martinez at right guard. Yet Ed Ingram and Liam Shanahan at their typical left uh, guard and center spots. But even without three offensive linemen, even without John Emery, this is still an offense that should have been able to physically dominate an inferior opponent. The fact that we saw 
Division II West Florida have more success offensively against this McNeese defense than LSU is massively concerning. There's no other way to say it. And Ed Ogeron was asked about his level of surprise with the offensive struggles. You know what? Um, a little bit, yes. A little bit, uh, I thought. But but we had some protection problems going against our defensive line uh, in some scrimmages. And uh, we changed the protection one scrimmage and put a tight end in the back end there. So we've been trying several things. Uh, we want to get our athletes in space, but it's just not working. So we're going to have to look at it again. And it's all going to be about protection first. Whether it's a tight end in the back, whether it's sliding the line, whatever it may be, we have to change it. There is so much to unpack with this offense and what's happening right now. But at the core of it, your offensive line is just not good. And that was something we talked about all offseason. I said it so many times, you probably are nauseated just thinking about hearing me say it again. But just because you have everyone back from a line that wasn't very good doesn't mean you're automatically better. And clearly, this team is not better. The line is not good enough, and you don't have a stable of backs that you feel like you can count on. Armani Goodwin, the freshman, took his first carry around left end for 21 yards and came up limp on the play, only had one carry the rest of the way. Corey Kiner, the other freshman, was LSU's leading ball carrier with 11 for 56, but that was only because late in the ball game, LSU had about a 50-yard touchdown drive where he did all of the work on it. Um, Max Johnson, 18 of 27 for 161 and three scores. He is unwilling to take shots and potentially uh, create negative plays, and if you're not willing to stretch the field, uh, then you're playing basically with with the field cut in half, and it allows defenses to overcommit and to pressure the quarterback, and that pressure is getting to Max Johnson, unfortunately. Um, I Look, Jack Besh is certainly a bright spot. He had four receptions for 57 yards as a flex tight end who played some outside wide. I mean, he played the X, the Y, and the Z uh, on Saturday. He could play any of those receiver spots, and he becomes a mismatch, which is is certainly good to see. But ultimately, this is an offense without any flow or rhythm to it whatsoever. And you have to look at Jake Peets. Like that's where this goes to. He is the play caller. He is the one supposedly running the air quotes Joe Brady offense. And what we're learning is that the Joe Brady offense maybe wasn't the Joe Brady offense. Maybe it was the Joe Burrow offense and the Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and Thaddeus Moss and Clyde Edwards-Elair offense. You had better players in 2019. It was in part certainly who was calling the plays and in what sequence, but that was Steve Ensminger. So they're trying to chase this ghost of 2019 and the Joe Brady offense instead of doing what this team can do exceptionally well or finding what this team can do exceptionally well. But unfortunately right now, the only thing we know is Kayshawn Butte is a stud and Cade York can make anything. He set the Tiger Stadium record not once but twice for longest field goal made in a game. So you know you got a stud kicking the football, and you know you have a couple of studs that can catch it, but you got to find a way to get them the ball, and that's the biggest problem this team is having right now. Now, the other big storyline from Saturday is that Garrett Nussmeyer, the freshman quarterback, did make his debut. Here's what Ed Ogeron said about Nuss. Good in spots. Um, the guy's been phenomenal at practice. No, I think I think he did very well. Uh, didn't make the big plays like I thought he would, uh, but I, I think he was running for his life some of the time. Uh, a couple of times his passes were dropping, but I thought he I thought he did very good, and I would have no problem putting Garrett in if something happened with Max. Now the qualifier there was at the end was that he'd have no putting, problem putting Garrett in if something happened to Max. Well, 
if something happened to Max, you'd have no choice but to put Garrett in at that point. Maybe the fact that he's not comfortable or confident putting Garrett Nussmeyer in again in that spot is what you need to know. Nussmeyer just 3 of 10 for 19 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He did. Uh, he was sacked once for a, a loss of five. It. The only thing I could say specifically about Nussmeyer is the energy offensively and the tempo picked up when Garrett Nussmeyer went in the game. I would argue that the best play he made was actually the throwaway. There was an incomplete pass on first down, and on second down, he was flushed to his right. He avoided the pass rush. He approached the line of scrimmage and then beautifully just moved. He was very aware of keeping his head downfield, where the line of scrimmage was, and he made the, his way to the right and worked his way down the line of scrimmage to be careful not to pass it uh, toward the sticks and then ultimately just threw the ball away. That was a very heady play, didn't force a football, didn't make a mistake, but gave his players a chance to get open and to make a play and ultimately made a good decision with the football. That's what maybe you wouldn't expect from a freshman trying to make an impact, but we did see that from Garrett Nussmeyer on Saturday. So if this offense continues to scuffle this week against Central Michigan, I think if you're Ed Ogeron, if you're Jake Peets, you legitimately start to look and think, where is the opportunity potentially to make a change at quarterback? And I am not, by the way, pinning all of the offensive struggles on Max Johnson. I think it begins with the offensive line. We saw last year as a freshman when Max Johnson had time to throw against Florida and Ole Miss, he picked them apart. He shredded them, threw for 400 yards against Ole Miss. The problem was you were going against two of the worst defenses in the SEC last year in Florida and Ole Miss. And now when your offensive line isn't holding up, we're seeing how Max Johnson handles pressure or doesn't handle pressure. So that likely isn't going to get better this year. Does Garrett Nussmeyer give you a better chance to make plays and be fluid in this offense instead of Max Johnson? Because if the pressure issues don't resolve, who is going to give you an option to function within this offense and extend plays? And it might be Garrett Nussmeyer. That's something we'll have to wait and see. Okay, so after two games, what are we thinking big picture about this team and how the season may go? I do have a thought on that. Got to remind you about Sweat Block, doctor created, doctor recommended. Sweat Block works for up to seven days per use, and it comes with the dry shirt guarantee. If Sweat Block doesn't keep you dry, get your money back. Sweatblock.com. You apply it at night, you go to bed, you wake up, you wash, you go about your day, and you do not worry about sweat. It's sweatblock.com. Sweatblock.com. When you go to the website, Use the code Locked On to get 20% off. Again, go to sweatblock.com. Use the code Locked On to save 20% off your order at sweatblock.com. And I always love telling you about Built Bar. As a matter of fact, I had to get my son to the doctor this morning. We were racing out of the house. I didn't have time for breakfast. What did I do? I grabbed a Built Bar, cookies and cream to be exact. Find your favorite flavor. If it's that quick breakfast bar on, on the go, if it's that protein you need in the middle of the day to get you through the afternoon. Maybe it's a meal replacement or post-workout. Built Bar is perfect. BuiltBar.com. Order yours online. BuiltBar.com. It's soft, chewy. Every Built Bar is covered in 100% chocolate. It's high protein, high fiber, low calorie, low sugar, gluten-free, keto. It's basically the, the perfect protein bar. It's Built Bar. Use the code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, LOCKED15. Use the code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. That's BuiltBar.com. 
Use the code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Okay, before we wrap up here, I did want to address something because what I've heard a lot from fans after the first two games is, man, I don't know that LSU can win a conference game this year. And I do understand why the doom and gloom comes in because it's just the nature of how we watch sports. But I would like to add a little perspective to what's happening. And nobody is going to accuse me of being a sunshine pumper. I'm very much what I would call an optimistic realist. I want the best to happen, but I also understand it doesn't always go that way. I want to remind you something. In 2017, LSU started that season with a win over BYU in New Orleans. They subsequently followed up with an absolutely horrendous, embarrassing loss at Mississippi State. Uh, they beat Ch- they went BYU, then beat Chattanooga, FCS Chattanooga. They were 2-0, then got housed 37-7 at Mississippi State. They beat Syracuse and then lost to Troy. LSU at that point was 3-2 on the season, They had an embarrassing loss to Mississippi State, an embarrassing home loss to Troy, and the meat of the SEC schedule ahead. And most fans at the time assumed LSU was not going to be able to win a conference game. What did LSU do from that point on? A week later, they went to Gainesville and beat Florida, and they went 6-1 and in their final seven. The only loss was the 24-10 game in Tuscaloosa at Alabama. They figured it out. They got it right. Look at a more recent example. Look at this week. Oregon opened up with a sluggish win over Fresno State. They go on the road to Ohio State and absolutely embarrass the Buckeyes in the horseshoe. Teams are allowed to improve throughout the course of the season. Very seldom are you the same team week one as you are week 12 or game one, game 12 as the season goes along. You are allowed to improve and learn more about your team and figure things out as it goes. I don't think this is going to be a championship team, obviously, but I do think that this is a team that's capable of winning games on the schedule ahead. I don't think they're going to go over in the SEC, for example. Can LSU beat Central Michigan? Yes. Is it possible LSU goes on the road and beats Mississippi State? Not an easy task, but yeah, that's possible. What about Auburn? Auburn has been mighty impressive the first two weeks, but they played Akron and and Alabama State out of the swack, two of the worst teams that you would see on any Power 5 schedule. We'll find out plenty more about Auburn this week when they go to Penn State. Kentucky certainly has looked good, but is that a winnable game for LSU when you match player for player? Sure it is. Home game against Florida certainly seems tough, but what's their quarterback situation? I don't know that LSU can go on the road and beat Ole Miss. Same with Alabama. Arkansas looked great this week against Texas, but they struggled last week against Rice. Again, teams are allowed to improve week to week. You'll beat ULM, and then what about Texas A&M? If Calzada is the quarterback at A&M, they are going to ride the struggle bus offensively all year because he's not a great player. We'll see what's up with Haynes King if he's back. I guess my point is, Before you throw dirt on the entire season and assume they're not going to win a conference game, understand LSU still has a ton of talent. You've got six new coaches on the staff, including two new coordinators. You've got a first-time, full-time starting quarterback. This is a team that is going to progress as the season goes along. 
I don't know what this team's ceiling is. Maybe the ceiling is five and three in conference, which would put you at eight and four on the season if you take care of business in the non-conference. Maybe it's four and four in conference. I, I just I'll push back against the notion that they're not going to get any better and they're going to lose every conference game they play. There's too much talent on this team to lose every conference game they play. Like in 2017, they're going to figure out a way to win games. How many and will it be good enough for Ed Ogeron to save his job? That's what we're going to find out over the next 10 weeks. We'll be here talking about it every day, Locked on LSU. Of course, if you want to place bets, make sure you're listening to the Locked on Bets podcast, daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. That'll do it for this Monday. Ed Ogeron meets with the media to preview Central Michigan. You'll have all of that audio on tomorrow's episode, and we'll see you then. Locked on LSU, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.